You're listening to the Handmade CEO Podcast. My name is Maria Lauren, small business owner and creative entrepreneur. Each week we'll discover the steps and motivation that inspire our guests to create income from their skills. Get ready to start learning how to creatively pursue your dream job by crafting it yourself. Thank you for tuning in to episode 20. I'm guessing we've all heard about this mysterious thing called coaching. I know I've had a few burning questions about this topic. Let me know if any of these resonate with you. Do I need a coach? Why can't I just figure this out on my own? If this or that person did it without a coach, why can't I? I've always wanted more information about coaching, but I kind of felt like I would have to commit if I asked even one question. I'm guessing you might have had the same feeling. That's why I'm eager to share today's episode with you. I interviewed Maria on her coaching career, and we discussed what it's like to sit in on a session, what you can expect to get out of a session, and precisely who it's for and how to pick a good coach. At first, we discussed how Maria became involved in coaching, and about halfway through, we discussed something that was mind-blowing. It really makes me want to re-examine my strengths, because it may be in those strengths that I find my weakness. Just wait until you get to that part. I'm sure you'll be blown away too. And stay tuned until the end to hear Maria's special offer. I promise you'll love it and you'll definitely get value from it. Hi, Maria. Thank you for being on the show today. Good morning, Maria. Great to be here. So there's a lot of talk about coaching these days, and I just wanted to know more about your background and what led you down this path. Yes. Well, I did spend uh, 18 years in a financial planning career where at the end of the career, I, I was serving 300 family groups and I worked in a company where each one of us was an entrepreneur. So each one of us owned our own business and effectively served our clients, gave them uh, advice around all things financial, invested for them and managed their money. So at the end of that career, I just was feeling a little bit dispirited about the commission nature of how we got paid. And I loved giving the advice and and doing the consulting, the business strategy, but I didn't love the financial meltdown of 2008 and uh, feeling like my client's money was, uh, it was unpredictable in markets and I couldn't mitigate that. And, and so I actually went back to school and went into my master's degree and went and got sustainable community development, partnered with values-based leadership in terms of a full master's. And during that program, I took a lot of coaching classes, uh, and fell in love with the idea of coaching. What kind of coaching classes were you interested in? It was management for performance, uh, values-based organizations, organizational leadership, changing culture, culture change. And alongside of that on the weekends, I kind of do, I do a lot of transpersonal psychology or experiential psychology, somatic psychology workshops, Mm -hmm. which are all kind of personal development, self-development workshops. So I started seeing organizational sustainability, environmental sustainability, financial sustainability, coaching, and transpersonal psychology as this web where I fit in the middle somewhere as kind of like a world bridger between Mm -hmm. those two things. Yeah, Yeah. I can see how it all kind of came together. (laughs) So what was it like before you had any coaching? Okay, so my first coach was in 2003. And she actually got me through a divorce. So I hired a coach inside of a program for four months. And I ended up having the most smooth, amicable, fast divorce I've ever heard of. Mm -hmm. Uh, through 
always being held to account, using integrity, taking the high road and doing what was best for my two sons at the time who were four and two. And I really feel like having a life coach at that time was what saved me from a lot of heartache and distress, really. Oh, yeah. I can imagine having somebody to help you focus on the important things as opposed to things that maybe weren't working. What was the most impactful change that coaching has had on your life as a student? What I think is the most effective and beneficial thing is being able to find my own center. So that's what I do with my clients, my my practice is based on self-honor. So your self-honor and my self-honor. So dignity, integrity, finding my center energetically. So I'm a student of A Course in Miracles, Marianne Williamson, Louise Hay, Carolyn Miss. Those are kind of like my women, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so I know that center is something that you feel somatically, which is like in your body. And for a coach to be able to ask the right questions to make you as a client understand how to align integrity, like integral and integrity. So like align your, I guess, what would I say? Because it's a feeling really. It's mm -hmm. that you can feel on your center. Okay. Right. So, but you don't get there. Sometimes when you're so distracted with everything that life throws at you, you really need that outside voice to kind of say, okay, Maria, who are you judging or what are you thinking about right now? Or which hamster wheel are you on that you forgot who you were? Like, really were like here on this earth? What's your purpose? Right. How did you get so distracted? And then I think a, a good coach is someone who, who gives you the tools, like empowers you with the tools that you can. And start asking those questions to yourself. Okay. To get yourself back on track and that feeling of just like, okay, I'm here. I've landed. I'm in my body. I know what I should be doing. The rest is a distraction. Got it. So could you go into a little bit of what you as a coach, you know, what your approach is and how you handle a new client? In other words, I've heard of so many different fields in coaching. And I was just curious if you could explain what your main focus was on. Yeah. So really after having, I guess I'd have five different styles of coaching. And so what I did was I just developed my own. So no one else does what I do. I'm in the process of trademarking what I do, which is called subconscious pattern disruption. And the point is, is that it's specifically for female entrepreneurs, but I have worked with men who are experiencing the feeling of being on a hamster wheel in their life. So in some area of their life, they're feeling like there's repetitive patterns occurring and they kind of know enough about self-awareness that they know they might be the cause of the fact that they're repeating the same things, mm -hmm. but they don't quite know how to get out of it. And typically what that points to is a, sub a subconscious block. So some place in their subconscious, which is some people also call it shadow work or early childhood stuff or whatever. And some coaches might say it's a mindset shift, but I think it's deeper than that because I think it's, it's mystical. I think there's a place where you join with whatever your spiritual practice practices because I'm non-denominational, but that can really help you get a paradigm shift or like a level up in one of these areas. My areas that I break it down in are number one is health. Number two is career. Number three is your abundance or your financial freedom. Like what would your life look like? Had you were you had you arrived? Mm -hmm. And then the fourth area, because it's holistic, is knowledge. So our training or self-development or intellectual knowledge, academic knowledge. And then the fifth area is I call it spiritual sexual. So my clients would have a goal in that area, either a spiritual goal or possibly a sexual goal 
where that's also an area where maybe it's a relationship goal, maybe it's a relationship with themselves, but an area they want to clear some blocks. Aside from that, we have horizon goals and we have habits to look at. And so that's kind of how I engage with my clients is they're working on those five areas. And then our session would typically include half of it would be looking at goals. And then the other half of the session would include a somatic, which is mind body alignment, either a meditation or a a physical walking or eye contact, something where we actually go in to like someone, it's really hard to describe, but the client goes into their own body and they find where the block feels like it is. So typically, for instance, if they're dealing, if a client's dealing with guilt, right, it might feel like their stomach's upset or like you want to vomit. So typically guilt lives in this area of feeling in your body. And so we actually go in there together and we release through a series that I've been trained in on weekends at these transpersonal psychology workshops. There's specific questions that can help release trapped emotions in the body. That's why it's something that's like different or new is because it's actually pairing sort of like I call them mystical hacks to benefit you bottom line profit or financially. Okay. I love that you're taking into consideration somebody's religious background because I feel like sometimes those are the the areas where we base most of our ethical and moral decisions from. Mm-hmm. So I, I bet there's a big struggle between the habits or the things that you're doing mm-hmm. and maybe what you feel you should be doing according to your religion. So that's a really interesting perspective. Yeah. I find that sometimes the way you think is a habit and you can actually change the way you think. I know some coaches might call that mindset. But in my experience, a habit, a habitual way of thinking about yourself, like negative self-talk, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Is that's what I specifically help clients with. So typically, if you're working with me for a number of weeks, there's a point at which we really we go into you develop your own mantra to find your center. And how we do that is uh, we'll release a series of blocks in one session, typically three, and you typically come up with key words. So like values-based, because I have part of my master's is in values-based leadership, you might use values words. So you might use a word like integrity or courage or self-respect or intuition even. You come up with them as you do the somatic experience, and then you might write them somewhere as a reminder to find your center on your own when you don't have me or our coaching program has ended. And it's your own personal mantra that you tailor made for yourself to get back to really feeling like you're aligned and in your center. That's wonderful. You know, there's very generic mantras out there and you're supposed to read them and whatever, but it seems hard to find the one that really speaks to you. So you you actually help your clients to custom tailor them. Yes. Okay. And do you think most of these setbacks come from early childhood or is that something that we develop as we grow yeah. up and get older? Yeah. So, so I studied a long time ago, I studied something called landmark education. In that case, the wordology in landmark, I don't like using lingo very much much, but would be Mm -hmm. that that you develop over time through trauma, you develop your winning formula, like you develop strengths based on bad stuff that have happened. So that is where a lot of subconscious blocks start is in trauma. Okay. Um, In places where we forgot about little Maria, right? So Mm -hmm. it was just hilarious. We have the same name, but let's pretend it's (laughs) it's you, little Maria. Okay. 
let's say young Maria, or I'll use one of my stories, uh, at 13 was really bullied in grade eight and needed to switch schools, right? So mm-hmm. what I did during that is that I decided to be strong, independent, and not care what anyone thought. So it might be a good thing that I lived my life being strong, independent, and not caring what other people thought. But what happened was at that time, I also gave up vulnerability. I gave up a bit of intimacy. I gave up at that point, because I quote unquote, didn't care what other people thought, I actually gave up caring about beauty. I stopped caring about what I looked like. So you can see how even though I made these decisions, based on being hurt that helped me in a lot of areas I gave up other things that actually there's a lot of power in being able now that I've got a husband I'm in love with 14 years um, intimate and vulnerable and caring what I look like so I spent like a year uh, reinvesting in the idea of beauty as being important when I really looked at how that particular decision at that age really came down in my life. Like what were all the decisions after that I made away from femininity and towards, you know, never wearing makeup, all that. And Mm -hmm. it was kind of a cool and interesting journey back to finding the more feminine ability to access vulnerability, to be more intimate and in sharing any place where I felt maybe weak, what someone might call weak, but vulnerable. And actually what that did in my marriage was really it saved it a number of years ago when I really looked at that particular decision back at that age and how it the ramifications of how that came out as a grown-up. <laughs> right. So do you think that most of our strengths are the places that we should start at, like focus on, on a strength that you have and trace that back? Or do you focus more on if you have a weakness, trying to find where the weakness came from? Or is it one in the same? I don't really focus on either other than giving my clients props all the time that they've gotten to where they've gotten because that's their path. It's really Mm -hmm. just about focusing on your goals. So what do you want to spend your time doing? And then where is your energy? So if you don't have enough energy to reach your goals, because you're busy, usually in self attack, right? You're usually saying, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I'm a disappointment or I'm too much to handle. In my case, it was like, I don't need anyone was the sentence I was saying to myself from that story. Um, Um, So then you have someone saying underneath everything, I'm saying, I don't need anyone, but then I have a husband, right? So how is that going to work in terms of a long lasting relationship? So it's actually the goal that I want, or in this case, the goal, if we follow this example, if I want true love partnership, then I have to change my sentence of I don't need anyone. And so really, we look at the goals, and then we go back to look at any blocks or barriers to those goals. And we honor both the strengths and the areas that kind of need fresh life or fresh breath blown into them. But what we do with that is we make decisions based on these mystical or values-based words. So depending on the person's framework, maybe their framework is that compassion is that's the the top goal in their framework, mystical framework. So then we look at, okay, well, are you being self-compassionate when you say I'm not worthy? We just adapt and use values or spiritual truths to get out of a mindset that keeps you stuck. In celebration of being on Etsy for 10 years, I'm offering 10% off at my Etsy shop. This year, I've had a great deal of interest in my Morris Code bracelets. And as churches are starting to open up, I'm happy to see sales in my first communion pieces increase too. I want to share a review that I received that melted my heart. Holly wrote, this bracelet is beautiful. 
It was a gift for my eight-year-old daughter for her first communion. It fit her perfectly when worn on the first clasp. I also tried the bracelet on my 15-year-old daughter and myself to see if the bracelet would fit as she grows older. It fit us both when worn on the last few clasps. I love that this piece can grow with her. It will be a gift that she can treasure for years to come. Thank you, Holly, for that lovely review. It makes me happy to know that a piece this special can be worn from communion to confirmation, graduation, and beyond. Be sure to check the show notes for that link and coupon. Now back to the show. Well, that's so interesting because I would picture a sentence like, I don't need anyone. I know maybe it's dramatic, but I would picture that to almost be a sentence of strength. But I can totally see how you are neglecting so much of life and intimate relationships when you say something like that. So that's really interesting. I wonder I wonder what else I'm telling myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's when the goal and the sentence are at odds mm-hmm. that you really are looking at that. Again, we got to where we were because it is like the winning formula. We earn badges of honor through trauma, right? It's really what makes us interesting. It makes us different. It makes us strong, resilient, all these great leadership uh, capacities. Failure is the best teacher. Uh, we'll never learn any thing better than after being either humbled or humiliated and having to rebuild after that is a great teacher. Yeah, but there's areas where we make decisions between two things. And then that's where, well, don't you want the other side? Don't you want all of it? Both and everything, you know? Yes. Oh, that feels like such a happy place. So as a coach, what changes have you seen in your students or what's the biggest change you would say you've experienced? Yeah, this is so great because I just had my last testimonial approved so I can actually put my results page up live now on my on my computer some of the examples of what I've seen happen in my clients is really uh, reporting feelings of tremendous confidence in themselves so that was one of the biggest takeaways from someone who just completed five months with me it was one of my one of my male clients he's an entrepreneur and instead of only being able to handle one building site he's now able to to run three. He has uh, three crews. And on the other side of things, he's sharing in his relationship, there's been a divorce and he's fighting for half custody. Okay, That's in an area as well that he's feeling really, really a lot more confidence in his ability to actually be a great dad and be able to do his 50% and stand up for himself in court. He said the biggest thing he was dealing with at the beginning was self-doubt and and feelings of, well, why bother now that he's struggling with child support, spousal support? Should his company be successful if he's going to have to give it all away? And <laughs> so, oh, yeah, those, I'm sure those are all very legitimate questions. Yeah. So that was kind of a really big aha for, for this young man. So now he's like, anything is possible and I'm going to be as successful as I want to be. And I will pay what is um, due for respect and honor for the mother of my children and I want to be also a good dad. So I want enough crews running that I can be home at three at three in the afternoon. Right, for the kids. Yeah, so those were the, his goals and that was his takeaway. So another one of my clients that chose the annual program, she's just working on her testimonial right now. She had similar where she runs a company and she volunteers and she has four kids, two stepkids 
and she has ailing parents like cancer. So in her world, when she started seeing me, she was in a bit of a depression because her best friend had passed away. Oh my goodness. And she was going through some stuff. So during the coaching program, because it's executive specific to her, so it's during her work day, we developed so many strategies that worked in her workplace. Like she developed them and I just encouraged her to implement. Uh, in some of them, I helped develop like how to speak to her board because I have that extra board governance perspective. Her tool set at work is so much more efficient that she was actually able to do a lot more of her volunteer work. During our year together, she got the Outstanding Volunteer Award at a national conference. She was voted as president of the volunteer organization and asked to MC the conference where she, oh <laughs> where she was the person given the stop, top like esteemed award. So, oh, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> and she attributes that ability to do more there because work got so much more streamlined, so much more mm -hmm. effective at work. And then also having me support her with all the juggling she does with all her kids and parents. So she just feels like with me on her team as a biweekly reprieve and, and encouragement and task check-in kind of that she was able to show up way bigger in all these other areas. Right. Well, that's amazing. I can imagine it would feel like every single layer must feel like a weighted blanket. It's just getting heavier and heavier. And to have you biweekly to help center her back to the things that are important, I imagine made such a huge impact. Um, can you tell us how you pick a coach and who would be a good candidate for a coach? Well, this is a really good one because um, I have a coach and I think having a coach is really a good thing for, for many people. A coach is really like, it's your biggest cheerleader, right? So the coach is someone in your life who really sees your you in your light, in your potential. Mm -hmm. And that's their whole job is to have you shine in your own life. So who wouldn't want a coach? But when I think it would be a really good time in anyone's life to invest in a coach is right when you're at a crossroads is a really, really good time to invest in a coach. So any crossroads, whether you want to accelerate your career, whether you are looking at a divorce is coming at you, it was um, definitely have helped a number of people and, and it was what helped me keep on track. But also going from not having kids to having kids, yes. <laughs> you know, going into a marriage. Yeah, any career change, like let's say you're going from nine to five to being an entrepreneur, that's specifically where I feel like I'm very helpful is in any of those areas. I have four kids, an ex-husband, a husband, happy marriage, and I've had two careers. And so I think it's a good idea. My decision making for myself is mm -hmm. don't pay anyone unless they have what you want. I always look for a coach that has something I want so their life in whatever way is already excelled in a place I want excellence. So that's the advice I would give anyone. So if, if they're looking, if someone's looking for a coach and I'm not the right fit because I don't have what you want, I didn't do, you know, uh, traditional corporate career building. I did kids and I, I live in a rural area. So, so you will find the right coach for you. But I would also say do read the testimonials and get a 
feel. And because I work more often with women, always it's intuition. So do trials like most coaches like me have a first session free, you usually get a feeling from the person really quick, if their language is comfortable to you, if what they talk about strikes a chord, if you have a benefit. So I promise that in the first session, which is always free, you'll receive a benefit in your life. I'm not exactly sure what that looks like for some people. I mean, I had one client last November who went from unable to walk to walk without pain. So she had like this huge benefit. We're still oh, absolutely, wow. <laughs> yeah, we're still working together. But and it's partly because I do pair the somatic like the feeling body mm-hmm. stuff in and then also check them out, uh, Google them and do your due diligence, find out what you can about the person if they're on the level and if they're what you want. Yeah, yeah that's really great. And I love that because you are online, you can acquire a client that maybe isn't local to your area. So it's really neat that you're able to really reach out to a lot of people. So what should an interested client do to prepare for a coaching session? Well, for your first session, you would literally have to do nothing unless you have a burning question that you'd like solved in that session or a strong intention for what you want to get out of that session. That's something you can bring to to your first session with any coach because all coaches are trained on a set of questions that'll help you have a breakthrough in an area. So my questions just are a little bit different than sort of the average executive coaching questions. But that's basically what coaching is about. It's that you lead yourself through answering good questions to your own sort of epiphany or breakthrough in an area. Even if you're shopping around and getting lots of free trial sessions with lots of free coaches, you'd be able to change your life in some way. After we engage together, I do have the form where there's goals. Some of my clients that are really executive or business owners bring the goals, they rewrite them out for each session until some of them have adapted the same goal setting process in their own software or in their own work supported. Like I've worked with three realtors, so they have their own specific goal setting, reminder setting, calendar setting ways of hitting the um, places where they want me to hold them to account. Okay. But with other clients, sometimes they just come to the sessions feeling really raw. They just need that support. And so they haven't been able to get their goals done that week because something's happened that I'm still that safe person where they can tell me about dad being diagnosed with cancer. And they know that they'll energetically feel typically the the feeling is lighter, clearer, more focused and less cluttered in many ways, like their minds less cluttered, their space is typically less cluttered, their life is less cluttered. Those that are like a huge gift. <laughs> yeah. What areas of life do you think the majority of people struggle with? Well, the three areas I specialize in are typically, well, sex is one of them, which is sort of underlying or later in a relationship, typically with my clients. Money is a big, I find it, uh, money relationships. And then there's the spiritual questions like, why are we here? What's my, the, my purpose? Those mystical kind of, they're above and over all religiosity, but they kind of are the reason for religion. I think those are the things people struggle with is like crises of faith, but you know, why am I here? And or relationship, either I want one, I don't know what's stopping me from getting one. So I've dealt with that with a number of people manifesting and creating possibilities for who you want to become in order to attract your your mirror mate, like someone who's well, this is how I created my husband. And he had his own manifestation list for me too. Uh, we bring them out every once in a while and go, this is so funny. Yeah. So it's something you guys like almost premeditated. That's something you were looking oh, yeah. for. Yeah. Okay. You're very specific. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote 
out Amazing. What, what I wanted in a in a spouse. He wrote out what he wanted in a spouse. And then we, after four dates, when we were almost engaged, it was like comparing lists. Okay, well, yep. So, so then you can go back to that and say, you said you wanted a woman who spoke her mind and (laughs) (laughs) it's right here. I've got the list. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Yeah. So that's why um, typically uh, sexuality, like not to say it's specific, but I specifically work with people about sex, but it's like that idea of sensuality or being expressed in the ideal way. My framework is monogamy and heterosexuality, but I don't think that's necessarily like qualifiers on on how that works because really mm-hmm. you're just manifesting who you want to love, right? And that's really right. no one else's business except yours. Right, right, <laughs> um, exactly. And then financial, I call financial like a barometer. And I like using that because it is the place we measure in my practice. We measure that way. But really, it's an outpouring of the energy of receiving. So it's like, typically, your levels of worthiness are all wrapped up in these areas of past hurt. But then how that manifests is in your relationship to the idea of financial freedom. And so financial is just a great measurement tool. And it is the goal. But sometimes we get there in a roundabout fashion. What changes can somebody make like somebody listening today? So what changes can I or anyone for that matter, listening make today to start seeing change? I would say because I call myself an alignment coach, like the idea of alignment is setting a priority in your life, and then aligning your actions to your words and that priority, pretty much anyone can get a lot done by just taking one area of your life, deciding what you want in that area, even if it's a feeling like maybe I want peace in the area of extended family. But um, let's say what I want is is the feeling of peace, or even wouldn't it be awesome to have the feeling of being celebrated with my in-laws? Right. Um, that's a real juicy goal for me. That would change my life. It would change my experience of vacations with my husband's family. It would change. So um, so let's say I set that goal for myself. Gosh, I'm, I'm now setting it because I'm saying it out loud. <laughs> so then how would I align my actions in order to meet that goal? Well, it's June coming up. It's Father's Day coming up. I would phone my father-in-law and and honor him on Father's Day. I would make sure I remembered my Mother's Day birthday, which is the same week as Father's Day. Maybe I would reach out and send things of interest or kind thoughts or words to my three in-law siblings or their spouses, like reach out. Or possibly it's just that I actually have an inside prayer, if you would say, if you want to use that framework or Mm -hmm. um, intention or mantra inside me that I'm putting my focus on celebration of them and peace in the in-law version of my family for myself. And it's an inside job first. Maybe it has um, alignment with some actions. Maybe it's just really setting that focus, that intention myself. And I think if anyone takes an example like that, whether it be a big financial goal or a goal like I just used, a a relationship goal, and you actually think about it weekly or daily or even monthly, like, okay, what am I doing that actually aligns me, lines me up to getting that goal? And then the things that we're doing that are off track, really just having a good look at why they're off track for ourselves and being really honest with ourselves. Like I might not want that goal. I actually don't mind the drama. I'm not going to invest in the relationship right at this point. 
I'll pour all of my energy into it when we're on that vacation. But for right now, I'm too overwhelmed. Um, And so just being, I think, honest with yourself in terms of having goals that you want and aligning actions with them. And then reassessing every once in a while that if you're not on track, be honest about the goal, like get rid of the goal or align yourself, right? Right. So I love that you're making it really a mission that's your own, as opposed to thinking they have to change or somebody else has to change or, and you know, you just have to get lucky you know, to start <laughs> earning more money. So you're saying it really is up to you. And sometimes if you don't want to put the work into it, it just reveals, you know, how much you really want that goal to come to fruition. Yeah. What has been the best way, you know, as a coach um, to find new clients or to be able to have that interpersonal relationship with your clients? Well, um, to be honest, my relationships are how I've found most of my clients so far because I have built a reputation by being kind of who I am. I live in quite a lot of integrity in my home communities. And because I was a trusted advisor and consultant for business strategy and financial planning for so many years in a row, it's easy for people to jump from just financial to life coaching, consulting, strategy, business strategy. So basically, most of the people that uh, are my clients currently know me and they know that I walk my talk and And again, I probably have something they want in my life already. I've figured out something in some area where they're like, she knows what she's doing. So I think that's, that's why I'm choosing to kind of broaden my sphere is that I do have a really good kind of following reputation and word of mouth in my local community, but I want to expand now to a broader like international because right now, primarily Canadians, primarily people in Ontario and BC, you know, Mm -hmm. one client in, in the middle provinces. But people that met me, they know who I am and what I'm about. And I love that the internet makes that possible. So it seems very easy to have an outreach once you have a website and everything. So that's really awesome. Yeah, I feel really blessed to have had this opportunity. So thank you so much. Well, thank you, Maria, for being on this show. All of this information was just amazing and extremely valuable. Can you tell us where we can find you? Sure. My name's Maria Hamvent. And so it's mariahamvent.com. Other than that, on Facebook has the same name and Insta has the same name. So awesome. Perfect. Thank you so much. Okay, great. Thanks. Well, there you have it, my friend, another inspirational story that hopefully answered some of your burning coaching questions too. A huge takeaway from this interview was Maria's explanation of where our strength originates from. She said that we earn badges of honor through trauma. If that's the case and we grow stronger, the odds are good that as we develop strength as a coping mechanism, that sometimes our armor becomes one-dimensional. It makes so much sense to speak to a professional about your goals and through their talented ability to discover who you are, you'll also discover the hurdles that have been standing in your way. Hurdles that might have served you in one aspect of life, but hindered you in achieving the big picture. Maria is offering a free session and has developed an assessment which includes a one-on-one session to discover your unique alignment with your abundance profile. And for the entrepreneurs out there, she's also developed a helpful Excel document to start your bookkeeping off on the right track. I'll have all the links and offers in the show notes. I also wanted to add that I'm truly grateful for each and every one of you for tuning in. I'm also amazed at my guests, their generosity, and their incredible talents. It has been a real gift to get insight on each and everyone's journey. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Handmade CEO podcast. Don't forget to check the show notes to get a glimpse of today's featured guest and special offers. If you love the show, leave a review and share this episode with a friend. 
Thanks for tuning in. Now it's your turn to start handcrafting your dream job. 